This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Your Money on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here is Professor Ken Smethers. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Your Money here on Sirius XM's Business Radio Channel 132 that's powered by the Wharton School. I'm Kent Smithers, professor here at the Wharton campus in Philadelphia. Remember, we are live every Tuesday starting at 5 p.m. Starting this week, we're going to end at 6 p.m. Eastern. Um, if that sounds a little off, it's because we usually do two hours, but we're switching over to a new format starting today. Um, I'm going to be live for just one hour only. As you know, I love doing this show and taking your calls a bit, but we are coming up to five years of doing this show um, uh, up in this next January, actually be five years, and I have a ton of responsibility here at the Wharton School, and so SiriusXM was uh, supportive of my idea to move down to one hour instead of two. So sorry about that, but at the same time, my goal is the same. I I want to get your calls in and uh, answer as many questions as you as you have, and so uh, as always, you can ask me anything about your money. You know the drill. It, now's the time to give me a call here uh, live on Tuesday. So grab the phone, give me a call here at one eight four four Wharton. That's one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. And remember, you can also connect with me online by simply going to my website kentonmoney.com. And then today, I'm joined by John Dowd, who is a CEO of Fiduciary Trust. Company International. We're going to be talking about some common investing mistakes made by millennials. With that, let me introduce my first guest, John Dowd, who is the CEO of Fiduciary Trust Company in New York. New York he has 30 years of experience in wealth management. We're going to be talking about some common mistakes made by millennials in, in, in terms of uh, their investing uh, habit. Welcome to the show, John. Thanks, Kent. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for coming back on the show. And it just uh, summarize some investing habits of millennials that you've kind of seen in your profession. Yeah, well, we, um, we have fiduciary focus on high net worth uh, uh, um, individuals, but yeah. certainly uh, I've got millennials in my family, and I've got other uh, feedback that I've gotten from the asset management industry. You know, I would say it's they are just in the accumulation phase right now of their wealth, and so starting to ev- in, um, starting to invest. Yeah. Uh, you know, coming out uh, basically and growing a financial age in the great financial crisis, uh, they are the most educated generation we've had, but they've also been the most uh, indebted because of those student loans. Mm-hmm. So, you know, debt service on student loans, high cost of living, does not leave a lot of money left over from investing. But um, this is uh, hopefully this will be changing. But what, what what I do see is a couple of things that are um, a, a little bit um, not completely un, um, unusual for this generation than past. But I, I it, it's basically one not having a um, not having a uh, financial plan and sticking with it. So uh, not really, um, maybe it's the, the point where they don't have enough investable income at this point, but they felt like, okay, this is not something that uh, that I need to worry about now. I have to worry more about just um, my household expenses and making sure uh, I can cover my cost of living. Yeah, yeah. But 
but I think it's 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 getting a financial plan. Um, it, it's developing a hard, and I, I know this is this sounds difficult, especially when you don't have a lot of disposable income. But developing a a, a really hard savings and investing rule, a, a real a real a hard rule of it, like uh, for uh, every dollar that you you uh, do receive, um, you you should really make an effort to put twenty percent. Uh, aside from that, um, from that dollar. Yeah. So uh, just make that a, a a a you know a a common goal that you'll have throughout your life. And I think getting getting started early is really important. Yeah. And so how how's their behavior been any different from previous generations? We often hear that millennials don't save; they're you know more self-centered and focus on today. The data actually shows that's not true. They actually have been saving yeah. at least a bit more. I mean, bring us back in terms of the investing behavior, the savings, and so forth. Well, there there definitely you know there have been those stereotypes out there, yeah. and um, you know we've also seen them debunked, and I think they're a little unfair. Yeah. Um, I think on the investing side, you see uh, certainly they're they're much more comfortable uh, looking to um, uh, ESG, so environmental, social, and, and governmental uh, and governance issues. So uh, they're more socially um, aware as to what their money does when they put it to work. Um, so I think that's one of the things that we've we've definitely seen. I think they're about two times. Uh, as likely as a uh, as as let's say a boomer or another um, another generational person uh, in looking for a um, a way to invest in companies or funds that target specific outcomes. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's one thing that we've so, seen. So the ESG just explain to people. You know, these are funds that um, are essentially will skew toward companies that have. According, at least according to the investment fund manager, um, a, a better ratings on things like environmental, social governance. Governance is often in the overlook of the company. Sometimes it's gender balance of the board, thing, uh, different issues that kind of go into that. Besides ESG products, are we seeing kind of millennials, you know, are they a part of the wave moving from expensive, you know, active managed funds toward more passive index funds? Is there evidence there? Well, I think they've been uh, they've been uh, they've been in more passive funds, and 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 that's uh, that's been uh, more an outcome of what what we've just come through in the last market cycle, where we've get a, we get a lot of uh, central bank support for the market, and I think passive has done very well. I think going forward, uh, active will will certainly have its day, but also the. The passive, the ETFs have been the vehicle of choice for ETF uh, for for robo advisors, yeah. and so I think um, you know the robos were designed really with the millennial uh, investor in mind, yeah. uh, and and they've been the the product of choice there. So uh, I I think we've seen more uh, more uh, passive be, um, by millennials being embraced, but. I think the the other characteristic of this generation is that they do like to know what they own and why they own it. So yeah. um, I, I'm I'm seeing more um, millennials being interested in um, in in active management uh, with with companies that they respect 
and that they that they can follow so that 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 becomes important to them yeah yeah I mean, see a couple of trends you mentioned the robo advisors i'm not particularly a huge fan of them in the sense of so focused yeah. on accumulation less of efficient on a decumulation not really set up for that and then lots of kind of you know, uh, false, you know, uh, claims, in, in my opinion, of what they're really bringing. But nonetheless, um, you know, uh, the stereotype of millennials being more likely to do things online and so forth. Uh, but it, the other point you break up is is important, too, is that we're, you know, in the old days, we used to divide people up into kind of do-it-yourself validators and delegators. And we're starting to see less delegators who basically say, I don't really want to know how it all works. I, I, I actually want to be yeah, a participant and kind of understand this stuff. Yeah, I would agree, uh, Kent. I'm, I'm, I think that uh, they, they do value human advisors, yeah. but I think any, any provider to millennials has got to allow them an ability to do it yourself or at least the transparency as to what that, that human yeah. advisor did. Yeah. And so that's why I, see, I think you're seeing a lot of these robos also building out a hybrid capability. Yep. Um, but it, it's, it's interesting. It really makes all the wealth management firms, the, the sorts of activities that used to be very much uh, behind the, the curtain uh, that, uh, that an advisor to would be, be on behalf of a client, they really have to make that transparent and turn the firm inside out so that the millenni- millennial client can, can see it. Because that's, that transparency is a big part of how they build trust in the organization that yeah. they're, or the, the, the firm that they're going to invest with. Yeah. Uh, and again, speaking of John Dowd, he's the CEO of Fiduciary Trust Company uh, International. We're talking about common mistakes made by millennials. And uh, just a couple more questions here, John. I mean, let's talk about some un- then bottom line kind of takeaways, some action items that millennials can take to get kind of their finances in tr- on track. What are some of the, the kind of key steps that they should be focused on? You mentioned earlier they socking away twenty percent of yep. uh, their income, um, and eventually, you know, they want to do more, you know, uh, elaborate goal-based, you know, financial planning. But where are some other a- action items? I, you know, it's on a day like today where the Dow was down almost at one point six hundred. Yeah. Um, it's going to be important for them not to just frame uh, what's going to happen with their money in the market by what they've just seen yeah. with uh, some of the, uh, the, uh, the the zigs and the zags that happen with the market. So I think an important and and they did they did come of age during the great financial crisis. So right. I can understand where they would lose a little uh, confidence in Wall Street, but um, you know staying invested in the market, avoiding mark market timing. Uh, is really important. And, uh, you know, you're going to have scary days like today, uh, and you need to be with a, with a, an advisor who, who knows how to navigate through those days. Yeah. But uh, you, you really want to avoid trying to time, sell out uh, at the market when it does have a down day like today, and, and then not be in the market for uh, as we know, you know the the, the good days that will happen um, uh, going forward, yeah. uh, and and so I think avoiding market timing is uh, is an important um, an important rule for them as well. Yeah, and just like for any investment. Yeah, absolutely. And really, to summarize, you know, saving well. I mean, obviously, at one point you know, we all want to be doing a serious goal based. You know, saving, but at least you know, early on, you know, saving twenty percent of their uh, your 
uh, take-home income. The second is you know avoiding the market timing. That's on the investment side. And just to you know, explain that to people, market timing is when the market goes up, you get excited, you jump in. Market goes down, you you start to fear, and you 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 get out, and and that's almost a, a surefire way of kind of losing uh, money in, uh, over. Time. It's also very emotionally taxing. And the third, and it, you know, point here expensive. is yeah, yeah, expensive. Yeah. And the third point here is you, you alluded to is that is getting a, an advisor. So a lot of times, you know, millennials think, you know, hey, I don't, really don't need an advisor. I don't have any much in the form of assets. You know, some of them, you know, as you know, the market is uh, divided up millennials to Henrys. You know, a high income, yeah. not, not yet rich uh, type of guys. Um, but at the same time. Uh, the, most millennials are not even kind of the, the Henrys. They, you know, are just mm-hmm. trying to uh, f- figure out getting by. So a lot of the, the times they don't think, hey, I need an advisor. But it, you suggest otherwise. What, what should they maybe just try to find a, a fee-only advisor that they pay by the hour? You know, get three or four hours of getting set up with their employer plan, things like that. Is that what you recommend? Well, I think there's a there's a number of uh, ways they c- they can get some professional yeah. advice. I think most. Um, most large companies now with their 401k plans are providing some level of service where they can give some financial planning advice and that's probably the that's probably the vehicle that yeah. most folks get to start saving earlier is through those company sponsored plans um, so so that's that's one way and and then you know we believe obviously that uh, the value of advisor I think part of the challenge it's not just been the um, uh, the fact that uh, millennials haven't necessarily had the investable wealth. I think there's been a disconnect uh, in the advisor workforce as well, because I think most of the advisors that are out there, I think the average age is 51, and and they don't really know how to uh, uh, gear their practice more towards the millennials. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I see a, I see a, a work being done um, to to try and change that narrative, you know, millennials like a lot of us um, uh, need coaches. They don't want somebody just to tell them what to do. They, they yeah. on their own, they could do all these things, but they're looking for somebody who can help uh, coach them and um, certainly bring together all the key information and then yeah. keep them on their uh, keep them on track. So I think uh, that's something that certainly at fiduciary we're trying to do with. We've got a young investors club, and we're trying to uh, bring people in who don't necessarily have the uh, the investable assets today, but to help them with education and demystify financial um, education. Because I I yeah. don't think we do a very good job in our country of doing that in um, in schools. Yeah, I agree. And then talking down, you know, you used to talk about the advisor yeah. in your fifties. Talking down, someone that was almost a surefire way of not being very convincing and helping them out. John, fantastic advice. Thanks so much for co- uh, calling in and giving uh, some great advice on uh, for, uh, for millennials. Great, thanks, Ted. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.